Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Well, we got all kinds of stuff going on. It's the dog days of summer. The Dodgers are on a roll. And I smell another World Series invite. That's oh, all. Life is good. <laughs> life is good. We got, we got a lot of Dodgers blue on the podcast today. But hey, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, delivering real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And Larry, as we get started today, I just want to give a shout out to our friends at Send Out Cards. I continue to be amazed at the response that a heartfelt card gets from anybody. It's amazing. It, you know, it, the simple thing of showing somebody how much you care about them and how you appreciate them, it's amazing. It's, it's for me, it's been the biggest conversation opener when I can just send out a card that resonates with them, they can align to and they go, wow. Well, yeah. I, I think the more digital we get, the more human we need to be. And I think that more and more people think that they put an e email in your inbox, they're actually going to pay attention. But if yeah. you look at my inbox, it's a slaughterhouse. And when you actually get <laughs> a handwritten note that actually somebody's taking the time to understand who you are and what you're about and they're authentic and relevant and they connect, I actually open them up and, and I, I, I save them. I take pictures yeah. of them. I actually got a handwritten thing once from Zappos and it made me cry. My son, back in the early days of Zappos, loved getting boxes, the, how, how easy it was to order shoes and return them. And he was like five or six. So he wrote them a little note in his little tiny handwriting that they could barely read. And he sent it to them and they sent him back a hand-built book by the whole team, a collection wow. of pictures and stories signed by this, by, by all of them. And this is like in the early days. And I said, this is the way to respond to customers. Mm. And that's why Zappos is so boss. Oh, yeah. That's so good. <laughs> no, but I, Larry, let me, let me just give a shout out to uh, our, our friends at send out cards. Check it out at cards.sellingfromtheheart.net. But we got to dive in because our guest, as you can tell, has some incredible insights to offer. So, Larry, why don't you introduce John and let's uh, let's rock and roll. Well, I mean, I can't wait to, to for this thing to start with John Ferrara. I met John. I always say if you if you really open up and you're human and you engage, you meet some of the coolest people, especially on on LinkedIn or any social platform for that matter that you communicate to. And and John and I struck up a friendship. We actually spoke. I'd say right before Thanksgiving time last November. And, you know, the, the first thing that resonated, and I can't wait to dive into this, and I remember this, and John, I don't know if you remember or not, but we got on this whole topic of how do you become an influencer inside your network? Mm. You know that, that that sentence right there resonated with me. And I, in fact, I, I stole it. Sorry, John, but <laughs> I give you credit for it all the time. But without further ado, John Farrar, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here with you guys here today. I really believe that our purpose on this planet, Larry, is to grow our souls. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're here for a very brief period of time. And I think the best way to grow your soul is by helping other people grow theirs. Because if you're truly present with another human being and you share your authentic self, they'll reflect your shit back at you. And if you're willing to look at your shit in life and work on it, that's how you grow. And I, and I, so I, I, I do my best to be connected to other people and to teach and preach and to help other people grow. And that's how I grow, baby. Yeah, oh, so hey, Daryl, you know what's interesting? Just hearing just a couple things that John just said reminds me of Cody Bateman. Yeah, it does. It does so much. Hey, John, I'm curious, though, as we get started, and we're going to have a great conversation today, but you know the question that all of our guests get, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your answer to this. What does it mean to you to sell from the heart? Well, I, I think that it really keys into what is the purpose of connecting with another human being? Forget about selling. And I think that the whole purpose of connecting is to serve that other person. Mm. Because I think that if every salesperson entered into every engagement with the intent to help that person grow, they can't help but be successful, even if it means recommending another product. I think that people don't buy great products, they buy better versions of themselves And so selling from the heart really means to flip around the whole idea of selling. It's really a service. Service is the new selling. And it's not bagging and tagging customers to make your number. It's about how many people can you help grow. And if you do that, the riches of the world will be delivered to you. And this has been repeated time infinitum by people like Dale Carnegie and Zig Ziglar, who said, the more people you help grow, the more you will grow. So selling from the heart really starts with what is your intent of engaging that other human being? But beyond that, I think that selling from the heart is about connecting with that other human being, because ultimately, you don't really take with you any of the riches that you gather through your commission checks. But we do take with you are the moments you've been truly present with another human being, the connections that you've made, the vibrations that you create. And that's all you leave are the ripples that you leave behind of that of that engagement. So selling from the heart means being truly present with that other human being, finding a way to connect with them. And I think we connect on the five F's of life, family, friend, food, fun, and fellowship. And that's why... When I was speaking with Larry just now, I started talking about the Dodgers. Well, guess what? Look at his wall, right? I used to teach salespeople, when you go in somebody's office, look at their walls, look at the books they read, the degree of the school they went to, the knickknacks they collect. All these things are the clues into who this person is and what their business is about. And if you share what you have in common with that person, you build intimacy and trust, which helps them to open up to you about their business issues, which as a professional, you can then solve. But ultimately... Business isn't about business. It's about people. People buy from people that like, know, and trust. And ultimately, you want to take that business relationship into a personal relationship, ideally. And in the old days, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 10 years ago, we used to take people to our house, to the ball games, to, you know, to the pub. And I think that we're getting, you know, in these days of SDRs and, and bag them and tag them selling, it's all about friggin' orders. And it's not. It's about connecting with other human beings, finding ways to help them grow, and that's selling from the heart. Yeah, that's awesome because you, you key on the word, and I challenge everybody with this all the time, John, is connect. There's mm-hmm. a lot, I mean, we connect now. It's so easy to connect with people, right? Whether that be social or email or phone, you can just connect. 
Yeah. But very few are connecting with meaning. And if we even peel this back even farther is to use, you know, your example as far as how you connect with me. And obviously, you know, I bleed Dodger blue is all of that's out on social now for people to uncover. Mm-hmm. Whether that be LinkedIn, whether that be Twitter, whether that be Instagram, Facebook, you name it, whatever social platform, people are sharing their lives. It's up to us, especially in the sales world, to uncover that, to connect with somebody on something that means something to them. And I well, think that, we miss that. We that that's a missing link somewhere that's just it it's hard to connect those dots. Well, I'm gonna give you a, a concrete example of that. That's how though remember you right? They're not going to remember you because you both are sales teachers, right? Mm -hmm. But the fact that you both love barbecue or baseball or backpacking, right? And these are the things that you connect with uh, on a more personal level. And those personal connections will, will override any pricing change, delivery problem, or whatever you've got. If you've got a connection, somebody comes in with a better price, better delivery, even a better product, that person might still give you the order or give you the chance to get the order. And that's why you've got to build the personal connections so that you do stay top of mind. But it's more than personal connection. I think that you need to become the trusted advisor of your prospects, your customers, and ideally their influencers. And you do that by giving your knowledge away so that they, when they think about your products and services, they not only pick up the phone and call you, but they drag their friends with them, which gets us to your brand and your network, which you started asking me about before. Yeah. yeah. Well, so let's think about that together, guys. How, at, when you think about building your brand as a trusted advisor out there, what are some ways that, that I'm curious, John, what are some ways that you've built your brand? Obviously, and by the way, for those of you who don't know John, just Google his name. You'll see <laughs> we're talking to the father of Goldmine CRM. I, re- I remember back in the days, I got to tell you this story, John. I remember back in the days, I went in my sales office in 19, uh, I think it was 93, and they handed me a card box and I said, this is ridiculous. I drove over to Office Depot and bought a laptop and a CD-ROM. You know, it was on that CD-ROM, right? Gold mine, baby. <laughs> and, uh, and I started using that to, to manage uh, my customer relationships. And so, thank you. I mean, it, it, I don't know if I'd be here today because that card box, if it weren't for gold mine, because that card box was so maddening. Um, but I realized that I was going to have to to find a way to do that. And we're talking uh, you know, and, and I just want to say, uh, I said this before the show, but a sincere thank you for being a pioneer in, um, in creating tools and, and continuing to innovate tools that enable us to, uh, to build well, relationships. Well, Daryl, I actually built Goldmine because I suffered as a salesperson. I think the best products come from your own need because you're passionate about it. You understand the problem. And back before Outlook existed, back before mm-hmm. Salesforce existed, back before there was a term CRM, I was in sales in 86, 87, and my CRM was paper. Uh, They gave me leads on a piece of paper, and there wasn't even a lead. It was a phone number IT people at large corporations in Texas. Right. And they said, go get them, baby. So I cold called them, put notes on that piece of paper. When I got an appointment, I put it in my day timer. When I was at the appointment, if I had a follow-up, I put the to-do right there. And then once a month, I did my forecast and a spreadsheet, and that was SFA, CRM, and contact management combined. And I said, this is pretty dumb. And because I had a computer science degree, because I worked my way through 
my college degree in a computer land store and I knew every single software program in the market and there were only 300 programs and none of them were even network business applications. They were all standalone tools. I said, dang, this opportunity. So I quit my job and I started Goldmine and Goldmine wasn't a CRM when it started. It was a tool for teams to manage relationships. And that's completely different than a CRM. A CRM stands for customer reporting management, not customer relationship management. And that happened because basically back in the Goldmine dates, everybody in the team lived in Goldmine. And it was a place where your contacts were connected to your email and calendar. And, and no matter who picked up the phone, you know who they were, what happened, who did it, what's going to happen, who's going to do it. Today, you have siloed contacts in sales, marketing, customer service, and accounting. And then the contact platform that should be your team platform, Office 365 or G Suite, is a separate contact database for every team member and email and calendar aren't linked. And so what happened was Outlook came out, it became the contact manager, Siebel, and then Salesforce came out, it became the CRM and relationship management and CRM got split. Mm. And that's why I built Nimble is to bring it back together. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and uh, <laughs> it's customer relationship management, right? It's relationship and uh, part of the relationship. So I'm going to pull this back into our topic because <laughs> I had to run down that, that, uh, that. Hey, thanks for taking us down the other way though, Daryl. I appreciate no, I'm it. Ner- you know, I'm the nerd on this podcast. I'm a little bit of a <laughs> fanboy here, but because uh, <laughs> that did revolutionize. I don't think I'd still be in sales. I would have given up if it weren't for, for having that tool. So thank you. Um, you but all of that comes full circle to, to, you know, in the middle of this relationship, we've got to build ourselves as trusted advisors with our, with our clients and our prospects. And so I'm curious, I'll throw this out to all of us. What are some of the ways that, uh, that sales professionals can build their brand as a trusted advisor? Well, I, I think that if, as a salesperson, if you depend on your company for your leads, you're, you're going to die. Oh, Amen. 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 Marketing doesn't always deliver leads that are effective for you. And even if they are effective, I think that rather than relying on leads, if you could build a constituency around you of not just prospects and customers that you've served historically, but their influences as well. And you nurture this community over time that uh, it will deliver riches to you. And so what, what I recommend any salesperson do who's listening to this today is give your knowledge away. You've forgotten more about your products and services than anybody in your, that you serve will ever know. And all you've got to do is give your knowledge away. Most salespeople aren't good writers, so curate stuff. Find people that inspire and educate you uh, in and around the areas of promise of your products and services and share their content, hashtagging it appropriately and attributing their names. And that's like digital fishing lures that get dripped in the social river and then people bite on it. And then you begin to engage and you rinse and repeat that. And so it's really a matter of setting up identities in the places where your customers, prospects, and influencers have conversations, regularly sharing content that's not just about your products and services, but is about uh, how people can grow in and around the areas of products and services, but also a little bit of your personal self because you need to mix the business with personal. And then the most important thing is to listen and engage 
with the intent not to sell, but to serve, which means when you get somebody on the phone, you don't talk about yourself. You ask questions and you shut up and let them talk and you find ways to add value. And if you do that, they will ask you, well, Larry, well, Daryl, you seem to know a lot about that. What do you do? How can I help you? And that's the Mm -hmm. dance that you do. Yeah, no. And and that's a great thing because I can remember, I'm going to rewind probably five, six, seven years ago when I was in downtown LA selling. And I remembered, I mean, I had the furthest clue on how to even start to write a blog article. I didn't even know what a blog was, Mm. but I knew there was great content out there. So all I really did as a salesperson is I threw my executive hat on. I go, okay, where, where are chief financial officers? Where are CIOs? Where are CTOs? Where are directors of technology? People that are calling on, where are they getting their information online? And I just found those sites. I started to educate myself and all I did was repurpose the content. And it was that content that got me engaged in conversations. It wasn't my product. It wasn't my services. It wasn't my company, though it was important at a later point in time. But in the very beginning, there's so much content out there that a salesperson can just repurpose and curate that would help to open up conversations that positions themselves as, Hey, you know what? This person at least understands my world. Yeah. No, Larry, I think it's a double whammy though. And, and I think you get double bonus on this, right? Because when you share content, you position yourself as someone who might have something valuable to add to a conversation and you are actually starting conversation But at the same time, in the process of finding that content, you actually have to read something, right? And, you know, they always say leaders are readers. Um, If you want to, sales leaders are readers as well. If you want to become a trusted advisor, you got to be pouring some knowledge inside. You got to be pouring some insights so you can drip that stuff out. So when you find that content and read it, you're actually becoming a trusted advisor as you're positioning yourself. It's really quite genius. Well, I think that any, any person that is excited about what they do. They want to learn more. That's right. And that's what I do in the morning when I have my coffee is I read, right? And and while I'm reading, I just queue up articles that resonate with me. And uh, it's a really simple ritual that I do. Every morning I, I consume new knowledge, the things that resonate with me, I then queue it up. And then throughout the day, I listen to people engaging with that and I engage back with them. And I add every single person I engage into my nimble database, then I then have a next step with each of those people that I turn those connections and conversations and relationships into ideally a measurable, mutually beneficial outcome. Yeah, no, that's good. And I do, you know, for me, it's worked really well. I read uh, digital books. So every morning with, you know, from seven to seven 30, I'm reading a book and yeah. it's so easy to take that you know, a snippet of that, share it online. And it, it once again, has a double whammy. It starts conversations yeah. almost every day. And at the same time, it positions me as, oh, that guy actually reads. <laughs> Which, you yeah. know, you want, you want it. There are so many, Larry and I talk about empty suits all the time, right? There are so many empty suits out there. And I think that buyers are looking for, we know buyers are looking for somebody that has some insight to be able to add to the conversation. And and one of the, I think one of the signals, Larry, is when I look and see a rep that's actually consuming content, learning something, passionate about what they do, that's a signal to a, a potential buyer that, hey, this guy, this gal might actually not be an empty suit, right? No, I, w- I always say, you know, John uses the five Fs. I use, you know, the three E's as salespeople. We got to engage and we got to 
educate and we have to excite people into a conversation. Mm-hmm. And especially in the socially driven world, the single best way to do it is position yourself as a professional and educate people and engage in that stuff and build relationships. And I'm a firm believer, and I know, John, you agree that I would say if you want to have a great and ever flowing sales funnel, you got to build a great never flowing relationship funnel. And if you can effectively do this with social, I promise you this, you will have a full sales funnel. Well, there is a, um, and I agree with you about the ease. In fact, I have my five E's I'll share with you in a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's music to Daryl's ears, John. It's great. I'm an alliteration junkie. So y'all are making me really happy today. John. <laughs> so, um, so, so I really believe that there's a customer journey that's very different than the traditional funnel. The traditional funnel was invented in France in the late 1800s. And, uh, and I think that it, it doesn't really work anymore. It's more like a pretzel. It's a journey. And if you Google McKenzie customer journey, um, you'll see a PDF. It's about 15 pages and it shows this sort of journey and I'll explain how it works. So I recently had a Sony, a Sony TV die and I had to get a new TV for my family room. And this was like maybe the second or third Sony thing that died within a year of me purchasing it. And so when I set out to build, so that was my trigger. Uh, this, the TV died. So I basically went to build my, um, my set of consideration, my consideration set. I didn't go to the TV sites to look at that. I went to places where I trust people, where there's reviews of experts and people like me who look at these things. And after I did my research, then I actually had to go see the TVs because TVs you actually have to see. And I went to a store and this is a store I bought many TVs from. So I kind of trust these people. I know these people. They've been selling TVs for a long time. And, uh, and I basically told him what I was looking for. And guess what TV he walked me over to? Sony. Sony. <laughs> and, I, and I wanted to buy something else. I looked hard at Samsung. But, but guess what? I ended up buying the Sony, but even after the purchase, I, there was still the continued research that happened after the research, after the, the buy, the, the, the buy. And it wasn't until I entered the loyalty loop where I uh, really fell in love with it. And I not only uh, went back and bought another one for my office, but I tell my friends about it as well. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of the loop that you want to stay top of mind as a trusted yeah. advisor to not only your prospects and customers. So at that time I was the prospect, but also the influencer, because if people are writing reviews and, and the thought leaders within the TV space, you want to be connecting with them as well. And I think that most salespeople think about just prospects and customers. They don't think about the influencers as well. And I'm going to tell you how I turned a $5,000 investment into hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. <laughs> all ears. Okay, I'm all ears on this one, dude. <laughs> so there I was in Canoga Park inventing gold mine, and we had about $5,000 in the bank. And we never took a dime of venture, no bank loans, and we grew it into 100 plus million dollars a year in revenue and sold it for cash 10 years later for a lot of money. How did we do that? So we're in an apartment with the first networkable team tool, basically Outlook and, Com- and Salesforce combined for either existed. How do you sell that to people who don't even know they need it? Because <laughs> there were no networkable business applications, let alone contact management and CRM. Yeah. So what I did was I went after the trusted advisor of the small business, the person who sold the network, the Nobel reseller. And I got them to use it and people sell what they know and they know what they use. They started recommending and reselling it. And that's how we got to our first $100,000 in MRR. And so 
So this is a story that resonates, that should resonate with any salesperson and say, who am I selling to? Who are the trusted advisor? So if I'm selling to a small business, maybe it's their technology reseller. Maybe it's their accountant. Maybe it's their sales and marketing consultant. Uh, who knows? But everybody has influencers. And that's the way that we built, built Nimble as well. And so when I started Nimble, that people didn't even remember who I was or what, what goldmine was. So I had to build my own brand and then I had to build the Nimble brand and there weren't technology resellers in the cloud back in the day. So there were thought leaders in social sales and marketing. And I basically began to share their content, attribute their name, hashtag it appropriately. And not only did people who wanted to be better, smarter, faster at social sales and marketing engage, but also the community members of that influencer, most importantly, the influencer who then became users and evangelists and that's how I built the Nimble brand. And anybody can do this as a business owner or as an individual. And if you're looking for great content to share or great influencers, there's a tool that I recommend you use. It's called BuzzSumo. And yeah. BuzzSumo, you could put in search terms like wine or gardening or whatever, and it'll find content and influencers that you could then begin to uh, share and engage with. And I have another sort of story for you about um, about influencers. So social media is like a cocktail party. You don't walk into a cocktail party and say, Hey, anybody want to buy some CRM? Right. <laughs> you walk into a cocktail party and you look around and you look for people that you might want to connect with. And then you go stand adjacent to those people and you begin to listen to the conversation. And eventually you add value to the conversation and the people will turn around to you and say, Hey, Daryl, looks like you know a lot about sales. What do you do? That's your opportunity yeah. to then engage and start the conversation. Right. Then when new people walk in the room, they see you there standing next to Zig Ziglar or, you know, Jim Keenan. Let's just call him Keenan. <laughs> you're one of them, right? And that's right. how you then engage with influencers and become an influencer. And Larry, you've done this exactly. Right. Yeah, no, and, and I appreciate it. And I always say listening is the new prospecting. And that's the hardest thing for salespeople because, and I'm going to use social just for a minute on this, is everyone's looking for the success button, right? Everyone's looking for how can I get to wherever I want to be mm -hmm. with the quickest, you know, the quickest amount of time with the least amount of work. And they look at social and, and, and I go back and I remember since you brought up Keenan, John, and I remember this and Keenan and I talk about it still to this day. When I flipped the switch on my career, thanks to Daryl, but when I flipped the switch on my career, this goes back to late 2015. I remember because um, I do this still to this day is every great book I read, I reach out to the author. And I say, hey, thanks, you read a good book. You know, you wrote a good book. This is what it means. Well, it just so happened that I did that with Keenan John. And this is about November of 2015 uh, that I reached out to. And we finally had a conversation. This is about Christmas, right before Christmas 2015. But the long and the short of it, he told me his backstory. I told him mine. And he goes, Larry, he goes, if you want to get noticed, leveraging social, you got to start figuring out what writing's all about and engaging with your network. And I said, great. I said, I'll make a commitment to you. And he goes, don't make a commitment to me, make it to yourself. Right. And from that point on, John, I've written a blog every single Sunday 
since that conversation with Keenan and I started to engage and that's how we built selling from the heart and all that. Why am I sharing all this with you is for one simple reason, every salesperson out there has the ability to do this. It's all up in their mind. And it's Mm -hmm. that will do versus the can do. If you want to get noticed in your marketplace, you're going to have to do the things different than you did five and 10 years ago. And we can all choose to use social. However, we choose to use social. I'm not here to be the social police, but if you want to integrate this in a professional manner, then humanize yourself and act as a professional. Yeah. You know, I want to say something about social. So do you guys remember the internet? (laughs) (laughs) I was selling selling before the internet was around. Bear with me. Bear with me. I want to get to something. So you remember back in the day when we had 300 baud, 1200 baud modems? I do. And we connected to the internet. Right. And, um, and, and back in the day, you thought about the internet, right? Right. Now you don't think about the internet. So the internet has disappeared. Right. So when technology becomes ubiquitous, it disappears. Yeah. So when you turn on the faucet, do you think about the boilers and the recirculation pipes and whatever? You just get yeah. water, right? That's social. That's social today. It's gone. It real. I mean, I'm just saying social has become ubiquitous. I think we got to stop talking about social and just talk about business again, because back, say 10 years ago, it was social serum and social selling. But today social has become ubiquitous. It's just another channel, just like email, just like the yep. phone, just like whatever. And I think that people still are afraid of social. I think that they, they might be dabbling their hand in LinkedIn, but they don't think that LinkedIn should be mixed with Facebook, that their business contact shouldn't be on Facebook and Instagram as well. Like the, all these things should be separate. But if you go back a hundred years, we, we all, we all knew when each other did anything that we did. Right. I mean, yeah. it was, <laughs> you know, we all lived in a small village and, and business and personal were mixed. They always right. have been always mixed. Have been. People, right. buy from people they like, know, and trust. And so I think that anybody listening to this today, a relationship shouldn't be thought of as a connection on LinkedIn. It should really be a personal relationship that you've actually connected with that person and found ways to add value and connected in a heart to heart way. But I think that that you need to shift relationships from a LinkedIn connection into the personal side. Yes. And that's yeah. why you need to basically uh, uh, mix those things uh, together, which gets me to my uh, five E's of, uh, of business. I used to call this the five E's of social selling. Right. I'm ready to write. <laughs> Get honest. Educate, enchant, engage, embrace, and empower your customer. Nice. So I it. here's the breakdown. So you educate uh, with the intent to help other people grow. Mm-hmm. What if you educate and drip the lure and you've got to embrace with the intent to serve that person, mm-hmm. your, your content has to be enchanting. Uh, you have to engage. Um, so hang on. educate, enchant, engage, embrace, and empower. Okay. Empower. Educate is educating co- content. Uh, engage. Uh, enchanting is the content has to be relevant and authentic and enchanting engage. You got to engage. You can't just drop the fishing lure in. If they bite on it, you don't pull. Um, And then uh, embrace, which means it's more than just a, Oh yeah. How are you? You've got to actually get in there and actually engage with something. Um, And then it's all about empowering that person. Right? So Mm -hmm. the whole purpose of an engagement 
is to empower. And uh, so that's my five E's. That's good. Yeah, I love it. Love it. <laughs> that's great. Hey, John, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I am, uh, what a great conversation. And, and as we wrap up, if you could say one thing to this audience of authentic, committed sales professionals out there, what would you say? I'd leave you with one more set of letters. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Oh, Daryl, you're drooling. I know you are, dude. These are my three P's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> three P's of life success. You got to figure out what your passion is, build a plan to achieve it, and make it your purpose on a daily basis. Oh, that's so and, good. And that's the way that, uh, that I was able to retire at 40 years old. I read a book called Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it basically taught me that the that for me to achieve something, I've got to basically make it build a plan and uh and and make it my purpose. Yeah. And so I put that plan on my mirror and every morning I got up, I said, What am I doing to get there? Yeah. And uh and little did I know that uh that that it would be bigger than I even thought it would be. Yeah. But in the end, it wasn't about the money, honey. Yeah. Because I've had unlimited success in that regards. It's about this. It's about what we are doing right now. It's about the human connection. And so if you as a salesperson is listening to this today and you think that putting a hundred million dollars in the bank is going to make you happy, I'm I'm, I'm going to break your heart. It's not. But actually being present and connected to other people by having the intent to truly help them grow and you will live a rich and beautiful life. Wow. I'll amen on that one. Yeah, man. What a great way to end it. John, thank you. Thank you for all you've done. And, and most of all, thank you for who you are. And uh, I really, really appreciate you being on the podcast today. And if you haven't checked out Nimble yet, Larry and I use Nimble. We absolutely love it uh, for managing and growing relationships. It's, it's phenomenal. So th- I have a code for you. If you do go try Nimble at Nimble.com and you do dig it, it's free for two weeks, so you don't need a credit card. But if you do decide to put your credit card in, use the code John40, J-O-N-40. It'll save you 40% off your first three months. Fantastic. Thank thank you, you. John. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us as well. Till next week, I want to encourage you, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep delivering real value, build your brand as a trusted advisor, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.